Synchronicity will take you along. And here's your host, Travis William Skink Matier. Welcome to another episode of Zoom Cron. This is episode 11. And oh, 11's a, a number I'm not a big fan of. Um, and this episode is going to be a bit odd because my co host Tim is not here. Uh, for reasons I'm not entirely really understanding quite yet, but, um, you know, friends have disagreements, people react differently to things sometimes, so uh, I hope we are able to to get through whatever is uh, causing a, a rift right now and, and making the other side of the table empty. So the other side of the temple, temple, <laughs> the other side of the table um, is empty. Just my voice will be will be initially here today. Um, I do want to play something though, and because Tim is more of the technological support, um, I won't be able to sort of pipe it into to the feed. But I am going to try and just use my phone to play a few portions of a very interesting meeting that I I watched a couple of nights ago. Now, um, one of those middle of the night, can't sleep, so I'm going to, to listen to something I've been meaning to listen to, and this is actually um, what I will play a portion of in a bit, um, is from a Mineral County Commissioner meeting on November 26, 2021, so that's a day after Thanksgiving, and this is a chance for Angela, I can not remember how to pronounce her last name right now, but the, the mother of Rebecca Barsati, um, who went missing... Um, July 20th, July 21st of this year, 2021. Um, this was a chance for Angela to to address the, the county commissioners in Mineral County and Sheriff Toth about her concerns regarding how the search was has been conducted. Um, it is still being conducted um, just at a different level, and I was able to confirm that information just earlier today. But... Um, First, let's get into the basics. For anyone that might be listening and is not aware, uh, Rebecca Barsati was reported missing. Um, she was last seen in a gas station in Superior, Montana, which is in Mineral County. Um, she had made contact with her estranged husband, David Barsati, before getting gasoline and heading west on I-90 and making a stop at a pretty well-known stop here locally. Um, I know I've gone out there many times with my dogs, um, and she had her dog, a German Shepherd, and she stopped at this sort of out, this rock outcropping um, in Alberton, Montana. So big semi-trucks can stop here. Um, anyone can stop. You can drive down this dirt road um, sort of to the, to the east of the rock that juts out into the Clark Fork River. Um, and if you go down that dirt road um, and, you, and you go, there's a, there's a lot of area where you can go and park. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to just explain. Um, if you haven't been out there, you, don't, you can't really understand that there's a lot of different areas where people can go and sort of be away. Um, it might be helpful to say that my wife and I were able to make love outside um, in the daytime. 
if that is any indication of some of the, the areas that you can find in, in which not to be bothered, um, I'll just throw that out there. So, I mean, I am familiar with this area of Montana and Rebecca Barsati. So the, the official narrative goes, um, she saw her dog, I would guess, in distress in the water because the dog later turned up dead a few days later um, downstream. Um, and the idea is that Rebecca went in to save her dog and the dog and Rebecca both died. That That's the story. So um, I, I guess other details that I've become aware of, and, and this will be a little challenging because I, I know I've read reports, um, the official you know, media reports. I've also had conversations now with Rebecca's mother. Um, and so, and then I've also watched what I'm going to be playing a portion of. So, um, things have sort of changed in my mind. Some of the, some of the stuff that, that pops up, um, that I don't think has been highlighted in the media is that, um, you know, there was some suspicion of domestic abuse. There was a March, 2021, 911 call, um, meaning there might be some other investigations, some other cases um, re regarding some of the, the things that, that was happening with Rebecca's life before uh, she went missing. Um, other things that, that popped up, I know there was some, some speculation from the family about how her clothes were sort of neatly arranged with her phone. Um, I think some other pieces of identification sort of on top. Um, that gets sort of addressed by a Sheriff Toth in, in the video. I don't know if I'll play that portion um, of it, but uh, just a lot of a lot of strange things that, that do come up. And I'm looking that we got about five minutes in now. So let me see if I can go ahead and start playing this. So what I'm going to do, real professional-like, I think I have it queued up to the right spot. Um, I have the volume turned up, I think. So I'm just going to hold up my phone to the microphone and we'll see, we'll see how this goes. So bear with me. Yes. Okay. Discussion of your missing daughter, Rebecca. Okay. All right, Mary, we'll start the meeting. Um, we have Ellen here. I'm, I guess, did you want to start off with, or did you want to start off with, you? I guess you called the meeting and... Um, I requested the meeting. I'm not familiar with the policies or procedures, so whatever you typically do is I'm, I'm fine with that. I can either speak first or someone from the department can speak first, whatever you prefer. Yeah, well, I got your thing that you're requesting the meeting to talk about, so I guess we'll let you start. Cause okay. Well, I, th I think what she's trying to understand is maybe if, if we could understand where it is in the process with the law enforcement that part i think that that would help for everybody to have an idea where the summary of where we're at mm -hmm. that part and so maybe you could mike tell us what what is the status or what has been done well i don't want to approach on her time she's if she's here to talk to them about what she believes hasn't been done or been done then i think she needs to voice that first and then i can get up and she and her husband are well aware from Missoula and us of what's been done and that and they've been briefed multiple times so well, this is it, a, I guess. it's just curious to me anyways okay well I'll go forward do you want me to sit up here you can sit wherever you like all right um 
thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. Uh, as you can see on the agenda request, it, the purpose of the meeting is to discuss how Rebecca Barsati's case is being handled by Mineral County Sheriff Department. It is my um, hope that after this, we will be able to move forward and move this case out of the county into state or federal jurisdiction. And I'll explain my reasons why as we go through. Um, first and foremost, the main reason is that um, on the admission of Sheriff Toth, there is a lack of resources in the county due to the number of deputies, which I understand um, on September 29th was six deputies. There are no investigators and there are no detectives in Mineral County. So the only way to access those is to request them from outside sources. Um, I believe that that hinders the progress in my daughter's case. And um, Rebecca is actually part of three cases here in the county. I don't know if you're aware of that. There was a 911 call on March 9th for domestic abuse, which um, was followed by a PFMA charge against her estranged husband, David Barsotti, and a standing order of no contact. That um, case number is TK5952021-0000. And that's from March 10th of 2021. And then Rebecca went missing on July 20th. And that case number is 2021-12676. And then the most recent case brought to your county is a threat on my husband's and my self-life, which was reported in Missoula City and got punted to Missoula County and then punted here. And the reason that it got punted, as far as I was um, informed, is that it is directly tied to Rebecca's missing person case. Okay, so I wanted to discuss that as well. Um, as far as the lack of staffing and resources, that is published on Sheriff Toss uh, Mineral County Sh Sheriff Office Facebook post. It specifically says that they have limited resources. At the Joint Sheriff's meeting on September 29th, 2021, with Missoula and Mineral County, Sheriff Toss stated we have six deputies. I, we believe that from the onset of Rebecca's missing, there has been a lack of due diligence. The area was not thoroughly assessed at mile marker 72. When we asked if anybody knew the number of trucks or the number of vehicles at mile marker 72, they did not. When we asked if they knew the number of vehicles at St. John's access site, they did not have that recorded. And St. John's Access Site has multiple overgrown bushes. If you've been down there during the summer, many of the vehicles you cannot see until you're on top of them because the bushes are so overgrown. Um, Sheriff Toth informed the family that all items at the scene were compromised. With the exception of Rebecca's phone, nothing has been submitted for forensics. The um, Mineral County Sheriff's Office is now in possession of Rebecca's laptop. This has never been accessed. There was an incomplete search of Rebecca's vehicle at the time of discovery at mile marker 72. The Mineral County deputies did not find a gun in the car. And when I asked Missoula about her gun on July 23rd, they said that it had not been reported. I said, then you have another problem on your hands. So when they went to go get Rebecca's car, they found the gun in the pocket of the driver's door. 
So that would lead me to believe there was not a thorough investigation of the vehicle. Um, the vehicle itself has never had forensics performed on it. And when Rebecca's statement was released, or when the restatement was released about Rebecca missing, there was no con there was no context about her being married or having a domestic being in a domestic abuse situation. That was completely left out of anything that was released to the media or the public. Um, they were not the charges were not acknowledged by law enforcement, but those charges were filed here in Mineral County, and there's an attachment from the Missoulian that um, you can look at later on your time. On 725, Sergeant Funk informed myself and my sister, Laura Williams, that there were no tracking dogs on land or surrounding areas. The only dogs used were for the water in the riverbank, but they failed to look on land. On 929 in the joint meeting, Sheriff Toth said we didn't know what we had. So if you don't know what you have, it would seem to me that you should attempt to rule out foul play instead of just assuming a river accident. Mile marker 72 is a truck stop. It is well attended. It is a recreation area and a fish access area. Interstate 90 is known for an increase in human and drug trafficking. Things to consider why there were no tracking or scent dogs used at the scene within 72 hours of the event on land. Why have there been no attempts to open and access Rebecca's laptop? And if there's no need for it, then why was it even taken from her trailer in Missoula? Why has law enforcement had Rebecca's car for four months and not processed it for forensics? By labeling Rebecca as a river accident, it has obstructed available resources from being accessed. With cadaver dogs being limited to the water in the riverbanks, land was never searched. Cadaver dogs are available from nonprofit groups, but they have to be invited by the sheriff. I cannot personally afford to pay for a team of cadaver dogs to come in and search the area. Sheriff's Toss' lack of cooperation to work with search teams results in an, obstructive, an obstruction to investigative procedures. If Mineral County does not have the resources to properly and thoroughly investigate, they should reach out to state and or federal agencies. It's also my understanding that St. John's Fishing Access appears to be owned by Montana Fish, Game, and Wildlife. Why was the state not invited? There also seems to be a lack of tact and professionalism within the department. On August 4th, Angela and Jerry Mastrovito met with Sheriff Toth under Sheriff Cashman and Sergeant Ryan Funk. Sheriff Toth informed us, I was not even going to look for your daughter. Exhibiting at the very least lack of tact and professionalism. Rebecca was a victim of domestic violence and with an active PFMA charge against her estranged husband. This alone should have initiated due diligence in regards to investigating this event beyond the river. For um, examples of conflict of interest within the department, on July 26th, in a phone conversation with Sheriff Toth, he informed me that Cerberus was in poor health and that he trusted the person who informed him of this. The only other person who would know this is David Varsati, Rebecca's estranged husband. Trusting an individual would lead one to believe the relationship is stronger than an acquaintance. 
Trust is a quality that you earn. It is not typically freely given. On August 4th, at a meeting with um, General, with um, Sheriff Toth and Under Sheriff Cashman and Sergeant Ryan Funk, Sheriff Toth informed us he did not, that David did not have a lot of money. An acquaintance is not typically aware of a person's financial situation. Sergeant Ryan Funk admitted to being friends with David and having knowledge of David's background. David reports being an ex-Marine, special ops, and other contracted positions. On October 5th, Angela and Jerry Mastrovito attended a meeting with Sheriff T.J. McDermott and Sergeant Ryan Prather in Missoula. During the meeting, Sheriff Toth emailed me at 11.13, stating he needed to talk to me. David had called requesting Rebecca's guns from the department. During this meeting at Missoula, which we were in from 11 to 12.30, we were informed that Rebecca's personal belongings had been transferred back to Mineral County as of that morning. This creates additional doubts to consider a conflict of interest. How did David know Rebecca's personal items were back in possession of Mineral County? Sheriff Toth had said he hoped that it was a coincidence during a phone conversation. Reports not available and or unwillingness to release information. There was a misfiling of the affidavit of probable cause from Rebecca's domestic call on March 9th. This was discovered on September 22nd and released to the media. This was misfiled for six months. On August 16th, myself and my husband requested copies of all public documents and were informed there were none available. On September 22nd, an investigative journalist called to inquire about the affidavit of probable cause and it was found and released. On November 16th, 2021, my sister Laura Williams submitted a FOIA request for 911 calls placed on July 20th. This request is pending, and the reason given was um, the information returned to her was for criminal investigation, pending criminal investigation, or closed criminal investigation, and she was informed to submit an additional form, the application of criminal justice information. She has mailed this off, and to date, there has been no response. 911 calls are public information according to Montana law. To our knowledge, Rebecca's case has never been treated as a criminal investigation. Sheriff Toth continues to label this case as a river accident. If this is a river, the question to consider here is Rebecca's case a river accident or is it a criminal investigation? Because the answer determines how the case proceeds. Attorney Spencer Branford, Bradford has requested a copy of the hard drive for Rebecca's laptop. This does not compromise the chain of command or the integrity. That request was submitted on October 28th. There has been no response. My question is, is it common practice to use the veil of criminal investigation or pending criminal investigation to avoid accountability and or action? There seems to be an unwillingness to accept assistance from vetted and reputable nonprofit organizations, state and federal agencies. On 726, Angela and Jerry Mastrovito verbally requested state and or federal assistance. Request was refused by Sheriff Toth. On 8-4, meeting with Sheriff Toth, Angela and Jerry Mastrovito asked why certain agencies were not accessed, such as Civil Air Patrol and Montana Search and Rescue. 
Sheriff's Toth answer was no. There was no reason provided for this decision. Rebecca's case was transferred to Missoula County on July 29th. Multiple requests for additional resources were met with a no. Requests for land searches were denied multiple times. On October 30th, I had reached out to have Crime Stoppers participate. Sheriff's Toth's request was to me was, if we need it, then we will reach out. No further action on his part. Crime Stoppers does not charge for the service provided. As Rebecca's mother, I thought it was imperative because there could be leads out there that no one is coming forward because of fear. And so it would not in any way jeopardize the investigation to have anonymous tips provided. I feel that by not, not acting on my request, Sheriff Toth was in essence refusing to assist, therefore obstructing access to an additional resource. Brian Frost, missing person specialist from DOJ, was instrumental in assisting me with this request. And Crime Stoppers accepted Rebecca's case November 8th. An additional um, request refused is to the Find Me group. The Find Me group is a nonprofit organization. It is comprised of active and retired law enforcement. They have linguist, linguistic specialists. They have drowning investigators. They are vetted and reputable. They have an established rep, rep, they have an established relationship with law enforcement throughout the USA and the world. They use canine and cadaver dogs, trained search and rescue teams, and all of this was denied. It was denied based on the fact that they also use Intuits. But oddly enough, Sheriff Mike Toth has um, recordings on the internet from his own business, Elite Investigations, in Billings, Montana, where he refers to the use of Intuits. Is sharing at, at this point um, just really is a bit, uh, I don't know, it's, it's eye-opening, I think, for, um, for any family member to consider being told some of the tactless things uh, that were allegedly told to the family. Um, really, I, I commend Angela for having the guts to, to get up with a lot of people watching, uh, with it being recorded, with the sheriff who does respond. And I don't know if I'm going to necessarily get into all of that. Um, but I did want to confirm that um, at this point, it sounds like there is help from DCI. It's a state agency, um, Department of Criminal Investigations, I believe is what the acronym stands for. Um, I did confirm um, today, uh, talk to someone on the phone that works with, does the media communication stuff for DCI. Um, and so there, there is additional state assistance now. Um, very alarming that there are death threats now involved. Uh, if it's just a river accident, um, as the narrative that's been reported locally um, has it, then why in the heck would there be death threats? Um, another, another name to just be very aware of is Ryan Funk. So Sergeant Ryan Funk is mentioned um, by Angela, uh, that name you know, as things develop, we'll probably become more familiar. Um, so I'm not going to get into the details now, but um, that is just something to consider. So uh, my accidental intermission here, let's get back to Angela. Let me just get the phone opened up and here we go. 
And there might be a few seconds that I kind of uh, skipped over, but um, I'm not going to try and find that exact moment. So let's just hop back in. 16 times. Five of those refusals are from the United States in 20 years. Sheriff Toth makes the sixth refusal. I personally have reached out to numerous water rescue groups, search and rescue, cadaver teams, scuba diving teams. They all have said we have to have the sheriff's invitation. I personally do not feel like I have um, a working relationship with Sheriff Toth that would allow for that to happen. So far, everything has been refused under Sheriff Toth. The only land search that we have had is under the auspices of Captain Bill Burt with Missoula, and that was a one-time event. I want to know if it's commonplace to refuse and reach out to nonprofit agencies for assistance, and if so, why? There is no charge to the community through the taxpayer money or to the county for nonprofit agencies. They come in and they provide their services free of charge. I also would like to know if it's commonplace to refuse or to refuse and to request assistance from DCI and state and federal agencies when the sheriff is well aware and admittedly states that they have limited resources and staffing to give the case due diligence. Published reports that were either inaccurate or notices from providers. July 23rd, Sheriff Toth um, changed my daughter's uh, category to recovery. I spoke at depth with Travis Was with detectives Travis Wofstedt and Kellen Larson in Missoula and asked that it be maintained as a missing person. On September 20th, I received notice from USAA, my daughter's renter's insurance policyholder that it had been canceled. I had paid the month of September in full and when I called to inquire they told me that it had been reported to them that she was deceased. The only person that can make changes to a policy with USAA are the sponsor. The sponsor is the husband. Attorney Spencer Bradford has requested a copy of all communications from USAA. On September 30th, Sheriff Tosh published that there were extensive land searches. Again, I, I stand behind the fact that there have not been extensive land searches. There have been riverbank searches. But in my mind, a riverbank search and a land search are two different things. And then, <clears throat> last but not least, on October 31st, 2021, my husband and I received an anonymous call telling us that there was a threat on our life. We thought overnight about that, about how sincere it was, if it was some wacko, somebody just from the community, just somebody taking advantage of us, but we thought it was prudent that we at least file a report. So we went to Missoula City because we were at a Missoula City address when we received that notice. Missoula City punted it to Missoula County and on the 4th of November, I reached out to Sergeant Ryan Prather. That's when I was notified that it was punted to Missoula County. And um, he, 
at 10.36 p.m., he sent me an email with a detailed report that he had given a handoff to Ellen. On Friday, I called and left a message for Ellen Donahue. I've never received a response. My question is, um, well, actually, I also followed up with Missoula FBI. I spoke with Selena and Devin Tier. We also submitted a report to the National Threat Operations Center in Washington, D.C., and I've also spoken to Chief Lee Jackson at DCI. My question is, does Mineral County disregard all reports of potential threats on a person or person's life? Is it com common practice to disregard without follow-up? My second question is, shouldn't a threat on the safety and well-being of someone's life be considered a criminal investigation? If Rebecca's missing is a river accident, then why is it related to her case? The actions I'm requesting is to have this case transferred out of this county for the missing person to state or federal agencies. I believe that there is a possibility of relationships established within the department that, and to Rebecca's estranged husband, David Barsotti, that could compromise the investigation. I believe that the law enforcement department has not accessed what they had the opportunity and due diligence to access, to include laptop information. DCI or Rocky Mountain Labs may be able to access her laptop. We are requesting that Rebecca's case also be amended to remove at river accident. An email was sent to Sheriff Toth on November 15th requesting this. No one knows if this is a river accident, homicide, or abduction. The label of river accident has limited resources and the investigation process. And as a summary, it is our perception that there has been gross negligence of due diligence by the Mineral County Sheriff Department since the onset of this event. At what point will the department decide to handle this case in a judicious manner and with integrity? If this was your loved one, I believe you would be asking the same, if not similar, questions. The residents of Mineral County deserve the right to feel safe within their community. The residents of Mineral County need assurance that this Sheriff Department is capable of judiciously handling a domestic violence incident as well as a missing person case with whatever it takes. And our goal is to find Rebecca, whatever it takes. We're not going anywhere. We'll be here as long as it takes. And if we do have to leave, there will be people here behind us that will help us. But we are not going anywhere. And I've asked John Baker to speak as well. So. Okay, so <clears throat> I'll go ahead and hit pause again um, and adjust the microphone since I was pushing it down by pressing my phone against this microphone because that's the, the high-tech way that I'm rolling right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... Um, that is the, the, the primary statement given by um, Angela, Rebecca Barsotti's mother, um, to county commissioners in Mineral County with uh, Sheriff Toth, who she is making some um, pretty strong statements about their lack of confidence, to put it mildly, in what has transpired so far. Um, some of the conversations I've been having, um, and this is in parts part of my own, I mean, I should know some of this jurisdictional stuff better, but uh, I'm calling the Missoula County Attorney's Office, I'm calling the Missoula County Sheriff's Department, um, not necessarily understanding where a couple cases are. I'm, I'm actually also very interested in the Johnny Lee Perry case. Um, Johnny Lee Perry, 
the young black man shot and killed by sheriff deputies on August 29th. Um, Johnny Lee Perry, the alleged assailant against Sean Stevenson, uh, the man attacked allegedly by Johnny Lee Perry on January 3rd, 2020 at the Pavarella Center and then removed from life support two days later at St. Pat's Hospital without his family being notified. Um, so those two cases, um, while not explicitly linked, there there is no obvious link. Um, so I the, a link would be obviously me um, being interested in, in both those cases. Um, one where I'm a lot more involved than unfortunately I'd, I'd really want to be, but um, that's the nature of having lived in this town for 21 years, uh, seven of those years working at a homeless shelter. Uh, directly with people on the streets in various levels of crisis and various levels of need. Um, and God knows what else has, has been going on. Um, so uh, where to go from here? Uh, I have to kind of be thinking more on the fly. I've got my, my mind is going multiple directions, but um, in, in the effort of trying to be kind of coherent and a bit present in the fact that I'm recording this to be putting out as a podcast episode later. Um, there is a big long response from Sheriff Toth. And I, I think probably if you're listening, you, you probably want to hear that. Um, John Baker also speaks. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think he's the private investigator. Um, so let's go ahead and just continue playing some of this. We're at about 33 minutes. Um, so let me get back into it. All right, here we go. If he would come in up, he's a private investigator um, that we have hired. He's with East Valley Investigative Services. Hello, I'm John Baker. I'm a private investigator. Um, Angela's pretty much hit everything on the head. Um, my main thing as a private investigator coming up this, I don't have access to the case file. I don't know what the sheriff's done or how it's progressed. Um, I understand the limitations of the, the organization with so few deputies. Um, and that's my main concern. And this is the reason. Okay, I am uh, hitting pause. Uh, I apologize for that. But when we're talking about Mineral County uh, and lack of resources, I, I should just note that Mineral County had to close its jail due to lack of staffing in 2019. I'll try and uh, make sure to include that link in the in the show notes. Um, but they're not kidding when they talk about some of the smaller some of the smaller counties in a sparsely populated, uh, mostly rural state like Montana, and the need to get more resources when there is a situation. And so that's sort of the what some of these um, folks like John Baker um, of East Valley Investigative Services is going to be speaking to. Asking for further resources outside uh, state level, federal level. Um, initially, the initial call out on the scene, how was it determined that it was a river accident right off the bat? You have, you've got, in my mind, you've got a bunch of different scenarios that could have taken place. Um, river, definitely, option. Truck stop abduction, you've got a, a current DV. Um, there's just a lot of different possibilities. So my concern is how that initially was handled. Why wasn't the vehicle processed? Uh, secondly, um, who else was at the scene? Uh, other trucks, truck stop, uh, people on the beach at July 20th, you know, between three and five. It's a busy time. There's a lot of people down at that beach. Uh, the 
cell towers is a big concern of mine. Uh, why there wasn't a search warrant written. I think that would have been prudent. Uh, even if nothing comes of it, you've got the information of who was in the vicinity. And I don't think it's a, uh, an extension or an overextension of some of these rights. It's a two-hour window um, picking up who's in the vicinity of that cell tower. Something I probably would have done. Another, another thing, uh, the laptop it was taken for evidence. It should have been, should have been processed. Um, and outside of knowing the specifics in the case, I mean, just concerned to how this is going to develop due to the, due to the, due to the limitations of the department. That's, that's all it is, is the resources. I think outside the system should be accessing this. Any questions? I am just here basically on myself. And uh, first thing is, is uh, recently under Montana law, you can petition. All you have to do is file a petition with the court uh, to get the criminal justice. Now, um, I'm not entirely sure who, who this person is speaking. Um, in the video, he's wearing uh, Hunter Orange and a sort of camo hoodie. Um, I'm actually going to forward a little bit. I want to try and get to to Sheriff Toth's response. So you're going to kind of hear the audio in the background um, as I'm kind of navigating this. All right, so just bear with me as I do this. Um, oh, no. Okay, so I'm going to have to hit pause here on the recording so I can find the right spot. One moment. Okay, picking back up, I think I have found where uh, we hear Sheriff Toth um, do a response. And I, I don't know how, how much of that response I'm actually going to include. I mean, I definitely want the, the majority of his response, but there are, there are plenty of times, and I've listened to this whole thing previously, um, where it kind of just sort of descends into a lot of people talking over each other. And it's, it's really hard to hear. So um, be aware that, that that's coming up. But let's get a chance to hear what, um, what Sheriff Toth has to say. I'm going to just turn it over to DCI and your mic. So I want her to be done and, and her speak in that. Mm -hmm. And then if, if people want to hear me talk about everything I can, to a point, you also have to understand the one thing I'll say is, the miss, it's supposed to be a missing persons. Mm -hmm. If it's not, if it's labeled recovery somewhere, again, let me know where. Mm -hmm. uh, my deputy filled out the paperwork that wherever it gets sent, mm -hmm. if he sent, fill out the wrong thing, because even Missoula, missing persons, it's right. a missing persons case. Right. That's how we're looking at it. Right. It's a missing persons until she's found, mm -hmm. whether she's recovered mm -hmm. in the river, right. or recovered somewhere else, or found somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a missing person's case. So okay. that, if we can fix it, we'll get it fixed. Because okay. it should be a missing person's case. We've said that. Missoula, you're in the meeting. Missoula right. hammered that. So right. DCI, originally, this all happens in the middle. Of, this all happens like around 5 at night. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's getting dark. Deputies go out there with high patrol. They search the banks. They don't see anything. They then, they see the stuff that they get called about. Uh, there's some things I can't talk about, but they're well aware of it. They've been briefed on it. We've briefed the family on everything. There's items that lead us to believe that she went into the water. There was no suicide whatsoever of this. So I don't know where that came, but 
there's no suicide in Toronto. The reason the dog is that is the water dog was playing in the water. We have we have evidence to show the dog at one point was in the water playing with a stick. So that's where everything's pointing to the river because we've got items that are neatly set that would say somebody's sitting there enjoying themselves on a hot day with their dog, which is what she does and liked it. Um, I'm going to pause just really quickly because um, some things to sort of take note. Uh, this summer, the water levels were very, very low this summer. So at the end of July, um, and again, I've been out to this this area of Montana, um, and I'm just struggling to sort of understand how a dog would get in distress um, from this part of the water. I mean, you'd have to go a little ways out to get caught up in the faster currents that then go... Um, there, there's definitely a part of the water that um, is is a bit dangerous, even if it is low water. Um, but you know, I've taken dogs out to this area. I've thrown sticks into rivers um, in this area in the Clark Fork River, and so uh, even though there's some potential evidence showing the dog was in the water, uh, we'll, we'll continue listening. But um, I know that I'm struggling to understand how a water accident resulted from a German Shepherd in, in this part of the Clark Fork River. So let's continue listening. So everything matched, everything perfectly. Can what I interject that? for a minute? Well, let me finish. All right. You did all the time. I didn't all right. You. I'll let you finish. Take the right note. She did that all the time. So she did that a lot. She's missing her cane. Okay, I'm just go ahead. To say that's why go ahead. She's upset. The driver's license and the credit card were perfectly laid out. You couldn't have laid them out better with a ruler. Okay, and the, and the whole thing is that the scenario is girl rescues dog. You're not going to take the time to take your driver's license and your credit card out of your pocket. No. You're not going to take the time. She wore sunglasses all day long because of a nevus on her, the cornea of her eye. And so she wore sunglasses all day long. So law enforcement looks at... The sunglasses and the hat the, discarded as she threw them off. The witness that found it says they picked up the driver's license. What witness? It, we're not going to tell you. It's because you can't, if you reach out to him, now you're harassing a witness. We know who he is. We know who the family is. We're in contact with him. And the 911 caller was an Oregon family? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Sheriff, maybe, maybe. What I'm saying is, well, the witness that calls 911... They admit to picking up items and look, because they're like, what is this? They pick it up. Then they go, uh-oh, we better set this down. They're the ones that stacked that nice. We're not saying Rebecca stacked that nice. Now, there is, like, the hat and the leash right. and that there, but, yeah, she probably was enjoying herself. You saw what you saw on the one video. On the one video. I didn't see the, we didn't see the dog in the water with the stick. It was on the back. Yeah. And the back here in the in the thing is is and it's a simple thing is why why not just get easy and buy? So I'm getting to that. So when we think she's in the water, when we finally think we might have somebody in the water, that's what uh we think we got going. I call Missoula because they got they're search and rescue and they got divers. So they come out. I call Two Bear Air to search the air right away. I call Flathead County. They All right, I'm definitely going to pause right there. So Two Bear Air, um, Mike Goguen, Mike Goguen is the the billionaire funder of Two Bear Air and is himself 
um, under uh, investigation because of all kinds of allegations, including you know, trafficking of women, potentially. Um, and so <laughs> that's one of the potential resources that Sheriff Toth contacted immediately, in addition to Missoula County um, Sheriff's Department. Um, but at some point after all this said no to Crime Stoppers. So something to note. They've got expert river rescue divers. They start heading down. Kootenai County eventually comes down later on and she contacts a place out of Missoula or out of Minnesota. Missoula invites them over. Mm -hmm. So we don't need no more divers. There's been enough divers in the water. I, you know, I, yeah, we're I, risking people's lives now at this and point. I, yeah, no one so, I so when Missoula shows up, their detectives come out. TJ asked me, what do you need? I go, well, your, your search and rescue's got the water. I need somebody, because uh, I ain't got the manpower, to let's say she's not in the water. I need you to investigate that. And that's what they did. Okay, Missoula took it. Missoula took that investigation over from us at that point. Just let him finish, please. So we handed that part outside of the river if she's not in the river, handle this. And so then he put two detectives and the sergeant played her, and then I can't think of the other two detectives' names. Uh, Travis, um, Travis, yeah, and then Cameron Yeah, and the commander, whatever. Um, Dave, I, I don't remember his last name. Right. Dave. So they take over what happens if she's not in the river, start searching. Now they do bring, because when I was there, there was cadaver dogs there, and they did search that immediate area up in those bushes and all that that one guy in Alberton has like he trains them and they brought his dogs in and then in Missoula County brought their dog in and I think maybe the city brought a dog but county for sure and I know that this guy in Alberton brought three dogs in and one at a time they went through and um, when I was there they all ended up going and then they went right right to the river where her stuff was at and started barking into the river and so then, okay, right, but Missoula takes the outside stuff, which then leads to the trailer and all that. Why that was all taken? You were with them, I, I, I agree. I, I was outside we're out with of, the mediator. We're right? out of there at that point. We're out of that point. That's their investigation. They grab all that stuff for their investigation, thinking, well, we may need it's better to have it than not right. to have it. Okay, at this point, I want to just also interject that um, when I spoke to the, the Missoula County Sheriff's Department, um, this, this idea that Sheriff Toth is saying it's it's their investigation, it's their investigation. Um, the investigation, from my understanding, as it was explained to me from the Missoula County Sheriff's Department, is that this has always been um, Mineral County's investigation. Uh, Missoula came in and provided a lot of help and assistance and expertise um, but but you'll start hearing Sheriff Toth really, I think, well, like I said to, to the communications person at um, the Sheriff's Department here in Missoula County, I said, it sounds like Sheriff Toth really is throwing you guys under the bus here a bit. Um, and so we'll continue hearing that, uh, that bus throwing direction that Sheriff Toth appears to be having. So here we go. I think there's a need to search it right now because, again, we have a missing persons. Um, so they don't think they need to search it. I know some people are leaning that she was murdered by maybe a family member or not and so i don't know what the laptop would show with that the phone didn't show anything didn't lead us anywhere in the phone would be more but that's but mike so we called dci they only got one detective that would come help us 
Missoula's got it. Now, if you want me to have DCI come in and review everything we've done, I've got no problem with that. I'll call and ask them. And talk about fishing game, I called them the day it happened and said, this is yours. They're like, we don't want no part of that. I've enjoyed They were all in training. They wouldn't come. The only thing they would do is they'd string yellow tape up on top of that one pad. I saw that, and I didn't That's understand that at all. That's the only thing they said they would do. I didn't, I mean, she wasn't even there at that, well, at that spot. because the, that the wasn't search and rescue was down there. They didn't want people coming down while they were searching. Mm -hmm. They want to keep people back in a way. Okay. But they said that's the only thing they would do for us. I do. I, I think that there's things that... I have no problem. I mean, if you want them to second, come over and look over and make sure we did. But well, there's, there's a whole bunch that of we've done I, I agree that, that you guys don't know about. Well, that I done. agree. that. But the one thing is, is we don't have a body, right? And I know in these investigations is there can be things that develop into it okay, after time what, goes by. As we've said, what evidence? There's been no evidence come forward well, there, whatsoever. We have evidence of... Um, no, we don't. Just a second. Abuse? You have a, a, an abuse situation that was out there on it, and, and time has went by. And you have some, if someone is trying to request and collect a firearm, why is that being... And then has, has his his property? Did you ask to go up and search his property? So the the gun in the car. The reason it wasn't found by my deputies is because they didn't have a search warrant, and they didn't want to get beat up by a defense attorney. But I said, hey, we got an active missing. Pop open her car and see what you can see. He popped the trunk, and he confirmed that what was in the trunk, which was the plastic tote, which is what she met to pick up mm -hmm. so we confirmed that story that night like yep here's the plastic tote that david said she came in to pick up mm -hmm. yep there it is and then he gets in front i don't know what ryan looked at inside the car i don't think he looked very much because he knew we were going to tow it and bring it and if we need to get a warrant we would so he closes it up sends it to tow lot then we call Missoula. Missoula's okay so that is ryan funk who is looking into the car. Um, Ryan Funk, again, a name you need to remember, you need to be aware of. Um, he's the one, gets one of the first looks in that car. We take the car. We're taking the outside eight. Outside, we want the car. They take the car, move it to their secured lot, out of the inbound lot, out of the tow lot. They take it there, and they either got a warrant or somehow they got in the car. And they find the gun because they do a thorough search of the car at that point. Yeah, that's how they find the gun, and we don't. But what I'm, and I, 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 I get that part, but then like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. There's no evidence. This. We have no evidence to lead us up to date. Just because he was charged with the crime six months before that or so, and he, that, that doesn't, that, that doesn't no, give no, us. They're not going through divorce. They're not going through divorce. Mike, you know as well as I, and I don't. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying is, did you anybody ask? Him. I mean, he's a husband at the time, and he's probably, I would hope that he's they concerned about. He was. Then, so, like, asking is there any And then what I said to them, be careful what you're saying on Facebook. And what did he do? As soon as he saw him getting labeled as a killer, he lawyered up. Well, then, and then he was lawyered up before that. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. You can say what you want, because we're on the phone with him daily. And he was calling us, and he was cooperative. And we're going to get to him. But then he said, look what they're posting on Facebook about me. I said, I can't control that, David. We didn't post it. Your community You're, posted no, it. 
your and your family members and everybody else who's keep labeling him. Well, this is, this is just forget. a perfect reason why you get DCI involved. Is yep. the, the passions on both sides, and you have a, you have a common interest of finding this woman and it, and just you know what, turn it over to DCI. But I'm one of the things that. You know, it's uh, I'm going to go ahead and pause it and it, it sort of descends into a lot of uh, not not shouting and yelling, but a lot of people talking over each other. Not all that easy to hear in terms of actual substance, actual content. Um, but in terms of common ground, wanting to find Rebecca, you know, some some resolution for the family. Um, I can't imagine what it would be like to not know. Um, you know, I know talking to Sean Stevenson's family um, that you know, not necessarily believing the narrative as it's been told to you, um, having questions that are lingering. These these are things that eat away at family members. Um, and so my heart goes out to the families that are struggling to get answers to the questions that they have about what happened to their loved ones in Missoula County, in Mineral County, um, in Montana, where, you know, we, we have so many resources when it comes to um, helping out like de developers build more condos and, um, you know, but golly gee whiz, when it comes to, to being under-resourced in some ways, um, that, that just persists in, in ways that are legitimate. And, you know, sometimes in my cynical mind, I sometimes wonder how strategic that, that stuff is. So um, looking at where we're at time-wise, I want to try and at least get to an hour. Um, but man, I'm just in the, uh, I'm in the dumps. Uh, I'm upset and sort of sad. Uh, it's going to be a struggle, I think, in, in some ways to get some of the, the narrative aspects of what I've been working on out to the broader public. Um, it's, and it's kind of fascinating. I really do find it fascinating to, to learn about more connections. Um, <clears throat> when, I, when I do try and I, I'd like to get a physical space to show a little bit of what, what we've been working on, but uh, that, that looks like it's getting more and more difficult. So I'm thinking creatively, trying to, trying to figure out what can and can't happen, um, but it just makes me more resolved to to see through what I've been having a lot of fun working on. Really, really enjoyed um, enjoyed like his past tense. We still got so much work ahead of us, but um, it's been a glorious, glorious time in a lot of ways to to see the creative processes of others to benefit from just uh, a collective, collaborative, creative endeavor. It's been so much fun. So I can't wait to get to a point of being able to sh share more of that. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I haven't had as much coffee as I usually have. And it's about 1.15 p.m. now here in Zoomtown. Um, some other housekeeping. If you want to get in touch with me, you can always email me at willskink at yahoo.com. Yeah, I got a Yahoo account. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like AOL. I'm an old guy. So that's W-I-L-L-S-K-I-N-K at yahoo.com. I finally updated the blog. I had, had gone to like a business account, right? So I up updated to a business plan. But for some reason, I had not finalized a, a better, a better uh, web address, which I had the ability to do. And so now it is going to be the Zoomcron blog. So the Chronicles of Zoomtown in blog form is what the title of my, my blog is now. So no more reptile dysfunction. That's right. Reptile like the lizard. Reptile dysfunction. That's mm -hmm. uh, got increasingly uh, more ridiculous for me to say that out loud to people. So Zoomcron blog. That's www.zoomcron.com.
Yeah, that's right. And other efforts to raise some finances will be forthcoming. Um, that is definitely something that is going to take in this information war, which we are currently waging in so many crazy ways. Um, so stay positive if you can. Do what you can to really identify what's what's most important and fight for it because there is a lot of ground being lost, especially in other, other parts of the world. Uh, you read headlines about what's going on in places like Australia and you just really have to, to question what in the hell we're going to be doing about um, the madness. The Omicrap hilariant is what I as a poet have deemed the most recent variant, but it just gets more and more fucking absurd. So I hope next week I can come back with my co-host, Tim. I hope we can talk through the stuff that apparently is an issue. I really do value conversation. I like talking and talking in person is one of the best ways to figure out where you're at with someone. So thank you to all the people that have been taking my calls, having conversations with me, all the frontline folks. Um, I do what I can as I'm having my impassioned conversations to really let people know where I'm coming from. Having lived in Zoomtown for 21 years, having seen some of the changes, not all of them bad, but you know what? There's a lot that's changed in this town that, that makes me realize what I want to fight for. Um, and at what point, you know, do you say adios? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Don't worry. There will be more Zoom cron. There will be more blogging. There will be more visual elements. There will be more songs, more poems. I have an end of the year kind of summary of, of what I've done for this past year in terms of content putting out there, um, all kinds of fun stuff. So I'm excited trying to keep up the, the positive vibes. Thank you for listening. That's why I do it. I want people to, to listen, to think about their own lives, figure out what they can do. You know, now's the time to do something. Don't just sit on your ass. That's, that's complicity in this fucking madness. Um, you can do that if you want, but um, I ain't got time for that shit. So thank you for listening. I will be back next week with something. Adios for now.